Hello and welcome to Just a Guy, Minutes Journey Back to God. Today we're in day two of our review of, of Acts and it's an incredible day. I love this part. I've read so many cool pieces um, from Tozer and Spurgeon. I think you're going to love it. It's when the Holy Spirit descends. It's Pentecost. So before we get started, I'm going to read a little bit from Spurgeon before we get started. And then he actually has a prayer that he recommends saying before reading this. So I thought it was really pretty neat. He says, we cannot too often read the story of that wondrous outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And let us never read it without asking the Lord to manifest in our midst the fullness of the Spirit's power. We may not have a repetition of the miraculous gifts which were then bestowed upon the apostles and those who were with them, but we may have that gracious influence which shall convince and convert those who gather to hear the word. Our success in preaching the word is entirely dependent upon the presence and working of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, let our prayer be, Lord God, the Holy Spirit, in this accepted hour, as on the day of Pentecost, descend in all your power, the young, the old inspire, with wisdom from above, and give us hearts and tongues of fire to praise and pray and love. In Jesus' name, amen. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started in reading uh, the scriptures. It's, uh, like I said, we're, we're in Acts 2, and it's the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were si- sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthenians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. (laughs) So Peter stands up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit on in those days, and they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do we recognize again? Parts of Revelations are all being covered off in here. Verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was hand, handed over by you, by, to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the hand of God, he was received from his Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accept this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's a pretty impactful message, and it's one that we all can participate in. And that's the incredible part. So let's read a little bit about what Tozer has to say about the day of Pentecost. It's a pretty, uh, again, it's pretty insightful. I really like it. So Tozer focuses on verse 1 in chapter 2, where it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Every encounter with God has been such that man went flat down and went blind. Paul went blind on the Damascus Road in Acts 9. What was the light that blinded him? Was it a cosmic ray coming down from some exploding body or from two colliding galaxies? Nope. It was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that dwelt in the bush, the God that was that dwelt in the Shekinah 
between the wings of the seraphim. When they were all together in one place, and suddenly they came, a sound from heaven as the rushing of a mighty wind and fire appeared and sat as a tongue on of flame upon each and every one of them. What was it? What could it mean that, but that God was branding them on their foreheads with his fiery holiness to say, you're mine now. You know, it reminds me, we've, re- we've done a lot of reading and we've read quite a bit of the Old Testament. Well, we really just read Isaiah. But again, when you talk about us being and the people being branded on their forehead, again, that's revelations, right? But who, who in the past prior to this received the Holy Spirit? It was prophets. It was king, kings, King David. It was a f- select few number of people. It wasn't a throng. It wasn't 120 or whatever was gathered at that point in that room. It was, it was just a select few. And now, through this gift, the Holy Spirit's available to all of us. He's available to you and me and anyone who asks. Tozer goes on to talk about in chapter in verse four, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That visible fire on that day of Pentecost had, the, had for the church a deep and tender significance for it told all ages that they upon the, whose head it sat were men and women apart. They were creatures like burning coals of fire as surely as they were, they were, they, they, as surely as they were they whom Ezekiel in his vision saw by the river Chebar. The mark of the fire was a sign of divinity. They who received it were forever a peculiar people, sons and daughter of the flame. One of the, one of the uh, most telling blows which the enemy ever struck at the life of the church was to create in her a fear of the Holy Spirit. No one who mingles with Christians in these times will deny that such a fear exists. Yeah, you know, Jesus freaks, right? That's what people say. Few there are few there are who without restraint will open their whole heart to the blessed comforter. He has been and is so widely misunderstood that the very mention of his name in some circles is enough to frighten many people into resistance. I know people they talk about, "Oh, I don't want to be the one of those crazies who are raising their hands in church, speaking in tongues." They don't want to be that person. But that source of fear is, I'm sorry, sufficient to say that their fear is groundless. Anyway, so that's, that's some readings from Tozer. That's some thoughts from Spurgeon. All on Acts 2. Let's just close with prayer. Father God, I'm so thankful. I'm grateful. I'm fired up and pumped. You've blessed us with your Holy Spirit, and I just pray that you would watch over us, that you'd keep us close, and that you would let us and help us understand who your Holy Spirit is, how he wants to commune with us, and what it means for our lives. Father, open our hearts, open our spirits, so we can truly commune with you. Let us not have fear of being being embarrassed or embarrassing you because of who we are and how we behave or think or talk because of your Spirit. Let us instead embrace him completely, fully, and totally. I thank you for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
I hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy yourself. And thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God.